Amen. Thanks, Sean and Gary, for leading us in worship today, and Hedda for leading. We just want to say thanks for joining in with us. And at New Life this year, we've been going through church, and we've been looking at health matters has been our theme this year, because we believe health does matter, but we also believe there are some matters of health that we need to address in order that we can be healthy. At New Life, we believe that God has got a plan for your life. You might not believe it, but we believe God has got a plan for your life. We believe that God has got a plan to bless you, and he wants to grow you, because we believe that healthy things grow, and healthy things produce healthy things. We've looked at so many different things this year. We've covered spiritual health, physical health, mental health. There's so many great messages, and if you've missed any, you can check out our YouTube channel, where you can catch up on all the amazing messages that we've had. But this morning, I have a really simple message that I hope can bless us, but also I believe it's important for us to live the life that God calls us to live for each of us as individuals. And I believe that God wants us to be healthy, as I've mentioned. But I want to read from the Passion Translation of the Bible, and I want to read from Psalm chapter 86. I'm going to read the whole chapter just because I think it's good to read the Bible. I think it's great to read the Psalms. They're encouraging. But then I want to focus in on one verse and in particular one word within the verse that I think can really help us to live the healthy life God calls us to live. But I'm going to read and it will come up on the screen. But it says, Lord, bend down to listen to my prayer. I am in deep trouble. I'm broken and humbled. I desperately need your help. Guard my life, for I'm your faithful friend, your loyal servant for life. I turn to you in faith, my God, my hero. Come and rescue me. Lord God, hear my constant cry for help. Show me your favor and bring me to your fountain of grace. Restore joy to your loving servant once again, for all I am is yours. Oh God, Lord, you are so good to me, so kind in every way, ready to forgive for your grace fountain keeps overflowing, drenching all your devoted lovers who pray to you. God, won't you pay attention to this urgent cry? Lord, bend down to listen to my prayer. Whenever trouble strikes, I will keep crying out to you, for I know your help is on the way. God, there is no one like you. There's no other God as famous as you. You outshine all others and your miracles make it easy to know you. Lord Almighty, you are the one who created all the nations. Look at them, they're all on their way. Yes, the day will come when they will all worship you and put your glory on display. You are the one and only God. What miracles, what wonders, what greatness belongs to you. Teach me more about you, how you work and how you move so that I can walk onward in your truth. Until everything within me brings honor to your name. With all my heart and passion, I will thank you, God. I will give glory to your name always and forever. You love me so much. You have placed your greatness upon me. You rescued me from the deepest place of darkness and you have delivered me from a certain death. God, look at how these arrogant ones have defied me. Like a vicious band of violent men, they have tried to kill me. They wouldn't worry for a moment that they were sinning against you. But Lord, your nurturing love is tender and gentle. You are slow to get angry and yet so swift to show your, un your faithful love. You are full of abounding grace and truth. Bring me to your grace fountain so that your strength becomes mine. 
Be my hero and come rescue your servant once again. Send me a miraculous sign to show me how much you love me so that those who hate me will see it and be ashamed. Don't they know that you, Lord, are my comforter, the one who comes to help me? This is King David writing this. Sam clearly is going through a difficult time with people. Have you ever been there? But the reality is he's coming to this place of God where he recognizes that when life isn't going the way I want, I can always come to God. But I want to focus in on this concept of the grace fountain that drenches those who come to you to pray. So what you saw in those short clips there was, we are, for those of you who don't know, I'm the youth pastor here at New Life, and we have youth called Rise Youth, and something that we used to do is called the drench, or drenching. And the drenching was basically, I've got an example here right now, is we would basically fill a jug up with stuff we would buy, and it was horrible, it was horrendous, like it was minging, it was like, it looked like this, and this is one of the nicer ones, to be honest. So we would fill it with water, and then after that, we would just fill it with ingredients that we purchased, and I'm just going to hold on to it still, and we would fill it with whatever we could find. I mean, one of the worst things that I ever found out as part of the Rise Youth team is the stuff that we feed our babies is disgusting. Like, we put baby food, fish, curry, baby food, like, what even is that? Like, I'm sure maybe there's health benefits for that, but, like, I've never even seen a fish curry in, like, an Indian rep. Like, it's just not a thing. Fish curry is just wrong. But we would put it in our drench, and what would happen is a poor young person would be taken outside. They would be covered up. We were at least kind enough to put them in, like, a, a, a black bag or a cover of some kind, and then another young person would pour this over their head. So the drench became something that you feared and you would get to drench someone of your choice if you won a game or we would do it as a prize if you done something well. And the reality is there was so much betrayal, there was so much sibling rivalry, it was quite brutal. After that we would throw water on them so that the stench would go away a little bit and it was just a horrible experience and the thing about the drench was it went everywhere. Like whenever you get the poor, it just went all over the person. Like it was everywhere. It was awful. But you see, just like that strange that we'd done where we'd pour it over a young person, God is trying to communicate in this psalm. David's trying to explain how the grace of God wants to drench your life. That he wants to get his grace into every single part of your life. Just like the drench where we poured it over, God wants to pour his grace into your life. You see, the purpose of God's grace is twofold. The first thing that God's grace does is it forgives us of our sins. Ephesians 2.8, Paul talks about, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works that any of you should boast. But you see, the grace of God wants to get into every single part of your life. So if you're carrying shame, if you're carrying disappointment, if you're carrying mistakes, God doesn't want you to carry that. He wants you to open up your life to him so he can drench these with his grace. Every piece of shame that we carry, every piece of bitterness, every prejudice, everything that's not of God, God wants to pour his grace in and he wants to drench your life. Because the thing about drenching is it gets everywhere. You see, you cannot deal with the shame that you carry in life, and we all carry You can't deal with that on your own. You can never earn God's love. You can never earn God's grace because you're not good enough, and neither am I. 
which is why Jesus had to come and pour his grace out and drench us in his grace. But the thing is about drenching is that God won't drench you, unlike the young person, because the young person didn't really get much choice. If they were name-picked for drenching, they were getting drenched. But God's drenching only happens if we allow him to drench our life. So you might have gone through life and you might have had some disappointments. You might have been, had gone through some suffering. If you allowed bitterness into your heart or you've done stuff in the past where you've made mistakes and you carry this guilt and this shame around, I want to tell you today that God's grace wants to drench your life into every single part of it. He wants to replace your shame with his grace. He wants to replace your disappointment with his grace. He wants to replace your prejudices with his grace. He wants to empower you with his grace and drench your life in order that you won't carry this anymore, but actually you'll carry his grace with you wherever you go. But the beautiful thing about God's grace is not only does it forgive us of our sin, but it also empowers us to live differently. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, Paul again writing says, God's marvelous grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation, that's that saving grace, for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. You see, God's grace doesn't only want to drench your life and get everywhere in terms of dealing with sin and shame and unforgiveness and all of that, but God wants to empower us to live the life that he's called us to live. You see, God wants to drench everything in our life. If you're a parent and you're raising children, God wants to drench your life with his grace to empower you to be a parent that lives a godly life and is a godly example to your children. If you're a business person, God wants his grace to drench your life so that not only can he bless your business, but he can help you to conduct business in the correct way. If you're, a, if you're a worker, where you go to work, and maybe there's issues at work, God wants to drench your life so that when you make decisions on how to act and behave, we will live differently because we've allowed God's grace to drench our life. We may be at school, we may be at university, but every aspect of our life, God wants to drench our life with his grace to empower us to live the life that he calls us to live. Which means when everyone else may be doing things that are ungodly, God's grace at work in our life because we allowed him in can empower us to live different. Why? Because God's grace wants to drench your life. It wants to get into every aspect of our life. You see, Jesus isn't just something that we do on a Sunday. It's not just something that we do because we feel like if actually Jesus is Lord of all or he's not, not at all. Jesus wants to drench every aspect of your life. You've got to position yourself to be drenched by him. How do you do that? Well, you spend time in his work. You study who he is. You seek his wisdom and ask for him. You, you put him first in every decision. When it comes to our finances, what do we do? How does God's grace drench my life as well? I put him first. When it comes to my marriage and my relationship, what do I, I put him first. When it comes to my working, I put him first. Then what happens is God's grace is then able to drench our life and we can start living out everything that he calls us to be. We'll start making better decisions. We'll start to see the blessings of God at work in our life, not because of anything we necessarily done, because all we're doing is allowing him to take control and saying, God, I put you first. And we will see God's grace drench our life, and we will see our health of our soul and our life 
improving. You see, the second thing about drenching that notice, because first of all, it gets everywhere. But the second thing, whenever we drenched a young person, is it was so distinctive. Like you could tell which young person had been drenched because they stunk, they were soaked, they were a mess. Like it was awful. I can't even, like, I felt sorry for the parents who had to go home in the car through no fault of their own, who just, especially the ones who had to drive to Cumnock, because that's like half an hour, 40 minutes of just this stinking in their car. But you could tell when someone had been drenched within Rise Youth. You could see it, you could smell it. The reality is there was something different about them than those who hadn't been drenched. And in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, Peter, we find this apostle Peter, who's this guy who was a disciple of Jesus, who denied Jesus three times, but then Jesus had restored him. But by this point in Peter's story, Jesus has died, he's been resurrected, and he's gone back again. Peter's been drenched in God's grace. He's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it, it was recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It talks about Peter, and they saw his boldness. And they looked at Peter, and Peter's this guy who was so afraid, but now he's this bold, bold character who stands up and begins to talk about the goodness of God. He begins to talk about Jesus and how there's only salvation in one name and one name alone, and how similar to what David wrote in the psalm, how there is only one God, and his name is Jesus. And this Peter, they're looking at him, and I don't know what's, I don't know if they knew Peter. They obviously didn't, based on the context, but they look at Peter and say, he's an ordinary guy but they saw that he had been with Jesus. Why? Because when we allow God's grace and his love to drench your heart, there's something different about us. And it's not something in the natural. You would look at me and see, well, there's nothing extraordinary about me in any way, shape, or form. But I want people to see my life and think, he's just an ordinary guy, but I can see that he's been with Jesus. You see, being with Jesus is so distinctive. It's impossible to have your life drenched by God's grace and not be different. It's impossible for it not to be recognized by those around you. Why? Because when you walk in a room, things begin to change. When how you reacted to something before is not the same anymore. Why? Because my life has been drenched by Jesus. Where I used to get angry and when I used to be cuss people out. I don't do that anymore. Why? Because my life's been drenched by Jesus, which means now instead of speaking death, I speak life. Instead of speaking discouragement, I speak encouragement. Why? Because there's something so distinctive about the change that Jesus makes in my life that it's impossible for people not to recognize. Recently, I was at Hamden Park. Those of you who know me, I'm a massive football fan. I love football. And I was blessed enough to be at the Hamden Park where Scotland played Israel recently where God's favorite people, Scotland, went up against God's chosen people, Israel, and God's favorite people won. The favor of God was on our life that week, or maybe it was nothing to do with God and everything to do, to do with the football pitch. But I remember being in this stadium and Scotland scored in like the last minute to win the game and the place went absolutely mental. I've never heard yes sir, I can boogie being sung as loud as that was that night. But you could tell that Scotland had won because you could see it on the faces of the fans, on the train home, everyone was singing, everyone, why? And it was so distinctive between those who had, you could tell who had been at the football and who hadn't based on what they were wearing, because you could see it, and also the declarations that they were singing. You might be singing right now when you're at home, it's really hard not to bust into song right now, but I'm going to resist the urge. But you see, one day I know, Scotland are going to lose. And I feel the same old pain I've always felt as a Scotland fan. 
But there's something distinctive in that moment between the football fans and those who weren't, those who'd won and those who'd lost. But here's the thing. When it comes to God's grace and his love, I serve and I worship the undefeated king of grace. So though Scotland will lose at football, my king Jesus will never lose a battle. So I can sing his praises forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. When life is going great, I can choose to praise him. When life isn't going so great, I can choose to praise him. Why? Because he's drenched my life with his grace and his love. And there's just something distinctive about it, which means when life is going difficult, and we may be going through a pandemic, but my confession isn't the same as those who don't know God. I might be going through some stuff in life with my health and my confession is not the same as those who don't know God. Why? Because there's something distinctive about someone whose life has been drenched by the grace and love of God that others will look at it and think, how can you possibly still be praising and worshiping him? And the reason is because God has drenched my life with his grace and his love and his mercy and his goodness. And I just think that we can so often live life without allowing God to drench our life with his grace. You see, I believe that when God has drenched your life, it's so recognizable, it's so distinctive that people can't help but take notice. The only logical conclusion they could ever come from, come to, sorry, is that they were an ordinary person, but they'd been with Jesus. There's something about this Jesus. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. The final thing I know, I'm not quite done yet, about drenching is, because firstly, it gets everywhere. When we drenched young people, that went everywhere. We made sure of that. You could instantly recognize who had been drenched because they were soaked and they stunk. But you see, once someone had been drenched, what they wanted to do, the first thing they wanted to do was they wanted to run and high-five everyone who hadn't been drenched. They wanted to hug them. They wanted to get what, was, what had drenched them. They wanted to take that and spread that to everyone around. And the reality is that the purpose of the drenching when it comes to God is that when my life has been drenched by his grace, when my life has been drenched with his love, then I want to take that drench, that thing that drenched me, his love and his grace, and I want to go to every single person who hasn't been drenched, and I want to touch them, and I want to high-five them, and I want to bless their life, because I want what I've been drenched with to get into their life so that they can become drenched, and I want to see this whole place drenched. Because the purpose of the drenching is always to reach others when it comes to God's grace. You know, I don't know about you, but I've got neighbors, I've got family members, and I've got friends who don't know Jesus. Their life hasn't been drenched yet by the grace and love like mine has. And I have a responsibility to God and to them to take what I've been drenched with, this grace and this love and this mercy, and my job and my responsibility while I'm here on planet Earth is to do everything I can to share what's been drenching me with them. Because God never drenches me for my sake. It's always for his glory, my sake, and for the sake of others. Growing up, we were part of a youth band here at New Life when it started, and we knew two songs. We knew every day, it's you I live for, every day. And we knew a song, Tell the World, by Hillsong United. And they were the only two songs we knew. And every week we went, we played two songs. Every Sunday we played two songs. And on Sunday morning, when we got asked to play, guess what, we played two songs. But the, the song... Tell the world about how so United said, tell the world that Jesus lives. Tell the world that, tell the world that, 
Tell the world that he died for them. Tell the world that he lives again. Come on, come on. Let's tell the world about you. About you. And the truth of that song has never changed. Because you see, once God's drenched your life with his grace and mercy, you and I both have a responsibility to tell the world about him. Why? Because like I said at the start, it's all for his glory. And it's all for his name's sake. David, right in this psalm, says it's all to make him famous. It's to make his name famous so that everyone in the world can recognize there's only one God. And his name is Jesus. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be partnering with Soul Winner to do a boot camp on how to be a soul winner. It will take place on Wednesday nights and it will be five weeks starting on November the 17th. Why? Because the greatest calling that you and I will ever have in our life is to be a soul winner. And I'm going to be going on this boot camp because I know I can always be better at winning souls. This boot camp's purpose is to equip you and to empower you to be an individual soul winner at everywhere that you go in life. And so I dare you, I'm sending out the challenge now. I dare you to sign up for this boot camp as we go on this journey together so that you and I can be soul winners. So that we can take what God's drenched us with, his grace and his love, and we can take that into all aspects of our life so that more people can know the goodness, the grace, and the mercy of our God. And I close with this. There's a man called Smith Wigglesworth, or there was a man, he's dead now. But he was a man who was an evangelist, he was a preacher, and he would travel the world sharing the good news of Jesus. But God used him in some crazy ways to heal people. I mean, he was well known for praying for people and they would be healed. I mean, some of his stories were ridiculous. I'm not going to share them because I could be here all day telling the crazy stories. And if I told you them, you wouldn't believe them. So research Smith Wigglesworth, a fascinating man. But he, I mean, thousands, thousands, thousands of people were healed through his ministry. And he recognized that it wasn't him, but it was God using him. In fact, one story I will say is Smith Wigglesworth Allegedly, when he was asleep one night, he felt a presence in his room and he woke up, turned around, and it was the devil himself who was in the room. And it's recorded that he just looked at him, shrugged, and went, oh, it's you, and then went back to sleep. So this man was so full of faith, he was so close to God, he was moving in miraculous power, and yet he said this, give me one soul over 10,000 healings anytime. Why? Because though God was using him to heal people, he recognized that one soul is worth more than a thousand healings. Why? Because the greatest miracle, the greatest thing anyone can ever do is put their life in Jesus to give him their life, to give him their, to give him their soul, to recognize that Jesus, you came and you died for me in order that I can live free for all eternity. And so Smith Wigglesworth, if Smith Wigglesworth recognized the value of winning a soul, more so than healings or miracles, though these things are amazing and oftentimes God gets the glory and God can use these. But the most important thing we can ever do is take that which has been drenched with us and we can take it to everywhere that we go. I want to pray for us that we will each make a decision to take that which has been drenched in us, that we'll allow God will open up our heart to him for him to drench our life and our, with his grace and his love. That we will live a life so distinctive that people can't possibly not recognize that they've been 
drenched with Jesus, and they might not say that. That might not be the phrase they use, but you'll know what it means. And finally, so that all of us can take this drenching, this grace, this love that's all over our life and spread it everywhere that we can. Father God, I pray for everyone listening to this. Father God, I pray for each of us as individuals that we will open up our hearts to you. Where there's shame, we'll come and allow your grace to flood our hearts, to flood every area that's not of you, Father God, in order that we can be empowered to live the life you call us to. Father God, help us to live lives of significance that's so distinctive that it's undeniable that it's all about you. And Father God, help us to spread to our neighbors, our family members, our friends, everyone, our colleagues, Father God, our classmates, this goodness, this grace, this mercy that's drenched our soul, that we'll become like that young person who wanted to high five and hug everyone so that the drench can be spread, Father God. I pray that your grace and your love will spread because the purpose of it all is for you to get the glory and for souls to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be listening to this right now and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never opened up your heart to him and stepped into the forgiveness that he offers. You know, Jesus loves you. You can't do this on your own. But God knew that and that's why he sent Jesus, his son, to come and live a perfect life so you didn't have to. So he could die on a cross, but three days later he got back up. And that's how we know that his grace is sufficient for you. So I want to invite you to step into relationship with Jesus that will transform your life. It's the best drenching you'll ever get. And so if you would like to give your life to Jesus, I just want you to invite, invite you to say this short prayer after me. Father God, thank you for Jesus. I open my heart to you. Drench my life with your grace and your love. Thank you for dying for me. I step in to your freedom and your mercy. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you'll see a link that says, I have decided. If you click on that link, it'll take you to a section in our website where you can put in just your details because we just want to connect with you and help equip and resource you as you begin this journey with Jesus. If you're watching on our church platform, you'll see the raise hand button. If you click on that, there'll be another button that says connect with us. It takes you to the same part of our website. But remember this week that our lives open your heart to be drenched by God. But go out and spread this love and his grace for his glory. And don't forget to book into this boot camp for soul winner. Because let's be soul winners together. In Jesus' name.